everyone, and welcome to our week nine edition of Clissa's Mic Drop. Man, the season is just uh, flying by here, despite the rather sudden breaks that were put on the uh, Broncos season about uh, four weeks ago, four or five weeks ago. Started off 3-0. They suffer uh, a four-game losing streak. Right after that four-game losing streak, George Payton puts, uh, well, about a week later, I guess, puts uh, Von Miller on the trade market. Uh, thought he would uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, and Peyton wound up trading Vaughn for a second and third round draft pick, kicking in nine million of uh, the roughly ten point seven five million remaining on Vaughn's contract. I said, I believe, uh, a couple weeks ago on uh, on uh, Broncos, uh, you know, the show we have at ten thirty five, uh, Broncos tonight. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this was after the Cleveland game. Vaughn was the only guy on the team that could get a second-round draft pick. And, and at the time, people were saying, second round, you, you sure you can get a second-rounder for Vaughn? I knew they could get at least a third-rounder, but if there was a bidding, if there was competitive bidding, they could get it to the second round. As it turned out, I think Vaughn was worth a $3 million or or worth a... a a two or a three, let's say a two and a half, and the uh, nine million kicked in for cash was worth uh, two and a half rounds. So that's how you end up with a second and a third. Uh, the Broncos did buy themselves a draft pick out of this deal, which you know is a pretty good way of doing business. It's the new way of doing business. Um, but the Vaughn was the only guy uh, because he was a impact pass rusher. And think about when you trade, people are saying, uh, you know, trade this guy, trade that guy. Like they were saying, trade Teddy Bridgewater. The, the buyers, you, you know, you have sellers and buyers. The buyers are going to be Super Bowl contenders. The Super Bowl contenders, chances are they're in contention for the Super Bowl because they like their quarterback. They already have a franchise quarterback. You're not going to get Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, that didn't make much sense. Uh, Melvin Gordon, um, I'm not sure. There was one other uh, trade the Broncos had uh, that they were working on uh, that might have moved the needle, but they uh, George ultimately decided it wasn't uh, wasn't worth it. Um, whoever it was, um, but uh, Vaughn was an impact pass rusher still, at least by he hadn't been lately, but by reputation. And uh, through September of this year, um, but he was 32 years old. His contract expires. Okay, Vaughn as a free agent after this year was not coming back. He almost didn't come back in March. The Broncos uh, tried to cut his pay from 18 million. Actually, it was it turned out to be 19 million. They tried to cut his pay in half. I think even more than half, if I recall. And uh, Vaughn said no cut me. I'm not taking a pay cut. So that left them with uh, that left them with either releasing him or uh, signing him back. And George Payton went after Leonard Floyd in free agency, uh, he, who's also a pass rusher. Floyd wound up signing back with the Los Angeles Rams for $16 million a year. L Leonard Floyd had one 10-sack season. 
So if Leonard Floyd is getting $16 million, then Vaughn Miller, Vaughn Miller was worth $18 million. So they brought him back. They gave it a try. They gave it a go. Vaughn had a great first month. So did the Broncos. And then neither uh, the team or Vaughn had a very good October. And uh, here we are, uh, the early days of uh, November. And Vaughn uh, was uh, the perfect guy to trade. Because you get some value back, some some high draft pick value back for a player who's at the end of his contract. These are the type of guys you should trade at the trading deadline. Um, the Broncos had an asset in Vaughn, and they turned it into a second and third round draft pick. That's why it was Vaughn and not Melvin Gordon, not Kareem Jackson. People aren't looking for safeties to put them over the top. Uh, cornerbacks... Uh, are, are another commodity that uh, teams look for, and the Broncos traded a rookie, Kerry Vincent, to the Eagles, who must be cornerback starved, because they took uh, Mac McCain from the Broncos practice squad earlier this year, and uh, so the Broncos got a six-round draft pick for Kerry Vincent, who sounded like the Broncos are going to cut anyway, because they have a saying, Bassey coming back. Bassey is going to wind up playing slot. Uh, corner for the Broncos because Bryce Callahan is out for an extended period of time. He may even miss the rest of the season after suffering that knee injury uh, this past week against Washington, that, that play in the end zone where he hyperextended. They're saying no surgery, but six to eight weeks recovery for Bryce Callahan. He has not proven to be a quick healer in the past, and so the Broncos will really have to be in contention a couple games over 500. Uh, at, in December for them to get Bryce Callahan back. Um, you know, if they're not, if they're a couple games under, I think Bryce Callahan has probably played his last game for the Denver Broncos. So, But the Broncos beat Washington in ugly fashion, really ugly, given uh, the missteps on their final drive where they fumble, recover. Um, Teddy uh, rolls out and throws an incomplete rather than sits on it. And then uh, Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball away. I mean, it was a calamity, just a calamity of errors. And uh, yet they got away with it. Uh, Washington couldn't go any further uh, from the 20, uh, from the Broncos' 24-yard line. Good for the Denver D, which has been playing bend but don't break, um, even with Vaughn Miller. You saw that in the Cleveland game. One problem with the offense, can't get in a rhythm. They're on the sidelines for seven or eight minutes watching the defense. They get out there. You know, maybe they press, you get a you get a, a three and out, and you're out there watching for seven or eight minutes again. So that's just a tough way of uh, getting into a rhythm. Uh, I put a lot of the offensive problems on the fact that the defense uh, has been way too much bend. Um, it doesn't break. Give them credit for not breaking, but way too much bend if they want to have a good offense. We talked today or we talked this week with Brandon McManus, a uh, kicker for the Broncos. Had an, He's had an excellent year this year. Um, Brandon was also uh, Vaughn Miller's, still is, I suppose, uh, best friend. Uh, Vaughn has said that in the past. Uh, McManus has said that in the past. I've been out and about. I travel. Uh, I don't travel with the team anymore because of COVID, but uh, still stay at the team hotel. And when I'm out and about... Um, there's my wife uh, uh, calling right there. By the way, 21 years ago today, uh, I married this uh, pretty lady, uh, Becky. And if there's one thing I've learned from 21 years of marriage, uh, 
it is to not spoil your kids. Because if you spoil your kids, they will not call you 21 years later and say, happy anniversary. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I can't blame the kids. I blame myself for spoiling them. Uh, they don't care. They don't care. So anyway, uh, throw in that little nugget <laughs> here on uh, Cliss's Mic Drop. Talked to Brandon McManus. Had a nice interview with Brandon. Uh, I've been out and about uh, a couple times that I, you know, I've taken walks outside the team hotel before the game. And um, the last two times I saw Vaughn walking around, uh, Brandon McManus was with him. So they're good friends. And uh, he was the right guy to talk to about Vaughn uh, leaving, getting traded. A lot of players were shocked. Others were surprised. But uh, it only made sense. I thought George Payton did the best thing for the Broncos. And really, I think Vaughn, you know, Vaughn, uh, you know, I, I think it was time. You know, 11, 10 and a half years is a long time for a player. And Vaughn is such a big personality that uh, I just think it's better that uh, – he move on, and I think Vaughn with the Rams, that he's not the star because Aaron Donald is the star of that team and Matthew Stafford is the star of that team. So Vaughn is now the third, you know, tied for the third. you got Jalen Ramsey too. So he might be third or fourth or, or fifth with uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, he might be the fifth biggest star on that team. And I think uh, Vaughn is going to have a couple of monster games before this year is out if he stays healthy for the Rams. And maybe even one of them will come in the postseason. And that will really cement his place as a first ballot uh, Hall of Famer. So I uh, talked to Brandon about it. He was very good. Talked about the Broncos. Talked about him, you know, his fine season. Finally missed a kick from 53 yards um, against Washington. Didn't hurt. Broncos win 17-10. to 10. But uh, you're going to enjoy this conversation that we had. A lot of reaction on Vaughn. And then on the other side, we will talk about the Broncos' upcoming game against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, which will be played Sunday at Jerry's World down there in, uh, in Dallas. So uh, for right now, let's uh, go to the interview that I had with Brandon McManus this week. Brandon, one reason why we had you here today is because uh, we know that you were uh, Vaughn Miller's best friend on the team. And I know that because uh, traveling around, you know, and, and seeing you out and about, Seattle, when you guys go out, I see you two together. What was your reaction to your, some of your thoughts and feelings when you heard uh, that Vaughn was traded? No, uh, you know, I've, for the past couple of years, you know, around the trade deadline or uh, the off season, you know, especially this year, you know, when the team had the option whether to pick up his his uh, his contract for this year and guarantee it, um, we had these rumblings going on. So at least I was prepared. I, ha I had a video prepared in March, you know, if we had to say goodbye to him. And uh, you know, obviously it's sad. You know, I lose a teammate. I don't lose my friend. I lose a teammate. You know, here in Denver, and um, you know what a, a storied career he had here. You know, my opinion, the you know the greatest Broncos draft pick in history. Uh, you know, because John was traded, so technically not. You know your history. Pick, technically not drafted, so yeah. I think he was the greatest draft pick ever in Broncos history, and and, and um, just an incredible player, uh, person, 
you know, how much he's grown from his time here. I didn't know him uh, his first couple years here, uh, but to watch him grow uh, into just an incredible player. But outside of that, just what he does in the community with Vaughn's vision, uh, him becoming a father now this year, it uh, was, was exciting to be here on the back part of his journey. No, I agree with that. Uh, I was there when he uh, struggled through adversity, so a lot of it self-inflicted in 2013. And at the time, like Alden Smith, you know, there were some other guys, some stars that were, were getting into trouble. And Vaughn redeemed himself. Not easy to do. Um, and you were talking about how you saw him grow as a person. Maturity-wise, what are you talking about there? Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with that. Obviously, like you said, 2013 with struggles and getting injured, and you've, you mentioned Alden Smith, and there's other players who've kind of got into suspensions and troubles and, yeah. and never came out of it. Yeah. Um, I think he realized, uh, obviously, him growing up uh, with some good parents uh, that I know very well as well, you know, probably slapped them up pretty good, saying, you know, you have once in a lifetime opportunity here, uh, especially as the second overall pick. You know, what are you doing? You know, uh, you're so talented, don't let this go to waste. And so I think he finally, you know, realized that. And obviously, as we all saw on the field, how talented he was. Uh, and then just, you know, kind of becoming confident in himself and, and realizing he doesn't need to do certain things, you know, outside of football. And, and you know, when you're playing well in the football, th you know, things will come to you. You know, like this, when he won the Super Bowl MVP, you know, all these things started coming to him. And, um, you know, usually when you're able to do some things the right way and at, at a top level, you know, some things will come, you know, most things will come your way. And that's how they kind of helped uh, turn his life around. And uh, like I said, um, as you saw, he spoke up more the last couple of years, you know, becoming more of a leader. Now, you know, some certain players left. He had to fill the void of some of that. And, you know, that, that stepped him out of his comfort zone as well. And, uh, you know, helped him come an all-around, you know, different person from when he entered the league in 2000, uh, what was it, 2011 or 12? 2011. Can you share... Um just whatever you can share, the moment he was traded and the interaction you had with him. Yeah, I was working out um, at the time, um, and uh, yeah, one of the assistant strength coaches came in and got Lauren pretty much and told Lauren and us at the same time. And um, So after the lift was over, I came in, was talking with him in the locker room you know, for a little bit. You know, I knew I was going to you know, go to his house afterwards once I heard the news, didn't talk to him, and, you know, and you know, hang out with him for a little bit because uh, so I let the other guys in here, you know, had spent some time with him, his coaches and, and staff members here. He's been here for so long, you know, with all the equipment managers and video and, and everybody. So, um, you know, just you know, spent some time with him, his dad, his brother, you know, and everybody at his house there. Uh, you're having a heck of a year uh, despite missing a lot of the OTAs. <laughs> right, <thank you. laughs> uh, T tell us what when the when the key one of the keys of your uh, success this year. I would say missing acts like I was doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, you know, they was just chosen not to do it. Yeah. Um, no, I think you know it, it really comes down to you know, I've been doing this for a decent amount of time now. I've kicked a lot of footballs in my life, mm -hmm. and just trying to you never truly feel totally comfortable out there. But the more you do it. The more someone's over a three-foot putt to win the Masters or something, you, you become more, you know, accustomed to what you, you know, successful in that in that action. So um, that's what's kind of been helping me. Is obviously the more reps, you know, the better I've I've gotten over the years now, and uh, just really 
trying to get comfortable in every single situation. I've, I've had to kick every single field goal imaginable. Uh, situations, win games, tie games, lose games, everything. You know, and uh, you know, I've missed kicks to win games, so I know what that feels like. I know what I've done wrong, and tried to never let that happen again. I've talked to uh, Jason Elam at the Shanahan uh, Ring of Fame, and we we're just talking about the evolution of kickers. In his day, this is 10, 15 years ago, the 40-yard kicks were money. Now, and he, he was saying this, they expect you to make them from 50. Uh, tell us the difference. Your, your one miss this year from 53, that much, just what is the difference when you line up for a 53-yarder versus the 33-yard extra point? Uh, you know, I would love to tell you it's, it's, there's no difference. You know, at the end of the day, there is, you know, yeah. 20 yards. Um, so just the slight error of you have, obviously, if you're kicking, I kick my extra points in the middle of the field. Um, if I were to not hit exactly how I want to, I kind of have a two-way miss, a little to the right, a little to the left. Rather than kicking it off a hash, you only have one miss. Um, so when you, most times you're kicking field goals, they're going to be on hashes. So, um, you know, you have to play a little more, a little more angles than uh, my extra point kicks, and um, you know, it's just it's trying to play the right angle at that right distance. And you know, when I kicked it, I started it right down the middle, and I thought it was going to stay there, but it didn't. It, you know, it went to the right just a little bit, and um, you know, the the distance is, is never the problem. You know, obviously, people always say it's easier to kick here in, in Denver. I've I've kicked here for a long time now. Um, I don't need distance. I don't need the added altitude for distance. You still got to kick it between the yellow posts, which is the most important thing. And, uh, you know, the further you go back, it's just kind of an angles and numbers game trying to, uh, you know, play the right, the right play. You watched the Tucker 66-yarder? Yes. Bro- broke it down. What, what was the key to him making it there? Besides, he got a little lucky on the, on the crossbar. Well, I think that's what made it even, even better, I guess more suspenseful, was it yeah. hit the crossbar. I yeah. talked with Harbaugh before the game uh, when they came out here, and, yeah, we talked about that. And um, You know, he did something that was as different that I've never seen before. He didn't do his normal field goal steps, um, and I think he talked alluded to that after the game, how he was coming up short from there. Um, so they did a kind of like a weird little jump step to get himself almost like a kickoff type step into it, uh, which gave him that extra yard and a half, two yards to get it there. So, um, you know, it's interesting to do that. You know, you really have to practice that. So I don't know if he does practice that a lot, uh, but, you know, it was an incredible kick. It hasn't come down to you yet this season. Uh, win or lose, uh, do you go into every game visualizing and hoping? It comes down to you, last second, you know. No, I hope we blow teams out 49 nothing. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. So I have, you know, seven extra points and, and eight kickoffs. But um, that's not the realization in this league. You know, I've kicked a lot of game-winning field goals and had to, had to kick them. Uh, so I, I, every game, especially with the defense we have, and, and, you know, I'm just you know going with the trend is the past couple of years is, is the amount of points we're putting on the board is – it's going to be a tight game, so every point is crucial, you know, especially when I go out there to kick field goals. So um, I kind of treat like maybe my three points in the second quarter could end up being the, the winning field goal because, you know, the way the ebb and flows of the game are going and the amount of points. I'm not sure too many people would have guessed that six years after Super Bowl 50, you would be the last player standing. Maybe President Obama. He would know, right? That's right. <laughs> my, biggest, my biggest fan. He gave you the shout-out. So some of the thoughts and emotions, um, feelings you have about that, the last guy 
Yeah, and uh, even the fan base is here. You know, I, when I was cut in 2014 uh, by John Fox, even though I have a great relationship with him now, I always give him, give him crap about that. But, um, no, it, it's, it's a surreal experience. Uh, growing up a football fan, you know, I wanted to, to play in the NFL and to be doing it now for, for this long of time. Um, I would have loved to have some of my Super Bowl teammates still here with me. Uh, it's not the nature of this business. I know that more than anybody, being cut three times and, and traded. So, um, you know, it, it's an honor, obviously, to, to, to continue to play for this organization for this long of a time. And, you know, hopefully that I, uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to those Jason Elam numbers, but I uh, would love to, to be part of something this long. You're there in many respects, but he's still got. I was just looking at it today. You're second. Like nine years on me. A thousand, a thousand more points. Yeah, the um, you're you're a kicker, but you're a, a, a captain. The team is, you know, gone as George Payton said the other day, through the ebbs and flows. It was uh, it was going well early and and not so well lately. Where is it in the locker room, especially mindset wise, after the Vaughn trade? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, to me, like I said, he, he was my best friend, and he's an incredible player on the field and teammate. But each person has to go on the field. This is my, at least my mindset, and this is what I talk to these guys about, is you have to go on the field to almost prove yourself every week. You have to give a team a reason to not get rid of you, not to look for somebody else, because they always are looking for the next draft pick. It doesn't matter if you're a, the first-round quarterback for the year before. If there's a superstar quarterback like Kyle Murray and Josh Rosen and stuff like that, they're always looking for your replacement. So you have to give them reasons not to. And I think we have a lot of young guys on this team, and I think that is something that you know not everybody still to this day lives by. And I think you know, obviously I've had been cut three times, and I've, I've been forced into almost thinking that way. But that's what I really try to get across to these guys is you know the NFL. There's many. Uh, Definitions for what the NFL stands for, not for long, is probably one of the best uh, best of it. So just trying to really get across these guys. If you're a winning team, then everyone's going to make money. The coaches will make money. The players will make money. If you're a losing team, well, guess what? They're constantly looking for change to get rid of you. And if, if you're looking for change, then other teams might not want you. So the best thing to me about individual success really comes down to winning. And if you're able to put the time in, and go above and beyond for your teammate next to you that you know is, is doing the same thing for you, you know, this is your best chance to succeed and win games. Yeah, it's, a, it's true in football more than any other sport. I mean, Chris Harris was going to the Pro Bowl every year during the Peyton years. And then two years after Peyton left, the Pro Bowl started drying up. I, I'm, he's just as good a cornerback. But if you're not on primetime TV, people aren't seeing you, you're not getting that individual success. So. And then helps individual success, and then helps you, know, you take care of your family for the rest of your life and yeah. your kids' kids. So, yeah. Good. Brandon, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. Uh, thank you very much to Brandon McManus. Nice interview, long interview, um, but insightful. Uh, Brandon always one of the better interviews on the team. He's a team captain, even though he's a he's a kicker. And uh, you know, he said some things there that uh, you know, like uh, the younger guys not quite grasping that uh, you have to make sure that management isn't looking to replace you. And sometimes that's lost on some of the younger players. Hasn't been lost on Brandon, who's uh, been kicked around before he started kicking them through on a consistent basis. He's number two 
all-time in Broncos scoring, but still a 1,000 points behind uh, Jason Elam. Shows you something about Jason Elam. But even Jason Elam would tell you that uh, McManus has a much stronger leg and is, uh, has a lot more talent from beyond 50 than Jason Elam uh, ever did, even though Elam made one from 63 yards and uh, tied the record for the longest time. Then Matt Prater came along to break it, and then uh, Tucker uh, from the Baltimore Ravens uh, broke it earlier this year when he uh, nailed it from 66 to beat the Lions at the buzzer. So thank you to Brandon McManus. The Broncos playing at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, how? Let's put it this way. How about those Cowboys? And not the way Jimmy Johnson said it, or uh, everyone used to say it before Jimmy Johnson. But uh, six and ten last year, six and one this year under Mike McCarthy. Two big reasons for their improvement. One, uh, uh, Dak is back. Gruesome, gruesome dislocated ankle, a compound fracture last year. I really had my doubts. He proved me wrong. Dak did, and how he's bounced back and played well. Um, was out with a calf injury. He's had, he's been banged up. He got banged up in uh, training camp. Had the shoulder problem. Came back from that. Now the calf. Uh, he might not be all that effective this Sunday against the Broncos. We'll have to wait and see. But he's a tremendous talent. He his return is uh, one reason why the Cowboys are six and one. The other reason, and this is uh, this is a reason that maybe came into play. Last week, when the when the Cowboys beat Minnesota on the road with Cooper Rush uh, at quarterback, their defense is immeasurably better from from last year, especially in the run game. Uh, they were just a sieve last year, thirty first in the league, uh, allowing one hundred and fifty eight point eight yards of rushing per game. This year, only eighty eight point three yards. So we're talking seventy yards stingier on defense. And when you give up 70 yards rushing less a game, that means you're getting two or three more offensive possessions a game. And so, and, and the Broncos' problem the last couple of weeks has been uh, run defense. So, um, especially against that Cle- uh, Cleveland Browns a few weeks ago. Um, so, um, that's why the Cowboys are so much better. Uh, McCarthy talked about the different system, different style of defense. Uh, different body types along the defensive line, i.e. bigger defensive linemen. I think the Broncos need to start doing that next year. Fangio likes the defensive linemen that can get in the backfield a little a little smaller, quicker. I think they need bigger, bulkier defensive linemen going forward. See what George Payton does about that. Um, but again, the Broncos 4-4. Four and four. Um, if, they, if they win... And they'll need to beat the Cowboys. They'll be five and four. Then you got the Eagles at home. You should beat them. Should be six and four in the bye. And people will be excited about the Broncos again. Um, problem is, no one is expecting the Broncos to win this game. So let's wait to see what happens with Dallas before uh, getting excited about the Broncos or burying them. Uh, George Payton was not ready to bury them. Uh, he 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 traded away Von Miller, which made sense, but he didn't have a fire sale. Uh, because he still believes in this team. Whether that's good or not, we'll find out. But uh, George is not ready to punt on this season. So thank you again to uh, Brandon McManus for speaking to us. Uh, You'll see me uh, from Dallas 
um, AT&T Stadium, at least that's what they used to call it anyway. And, um, uh, you know, it's a beautiful, magnificent palace, football palace. Uh, you wind up staring at the scoreboard uh, that overhangs from the middle from, at, at the 50-yard line than you do watching the game from the field. But uh, see what the Broncos do against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. It's going to be a tough challenge. Um, but if they want to be a, a legit playoff contender and get Broncos country buzzing again, they're going to have to beat the Cowboys and follow it up the f- next week by beating the Eagles going into the bye. So uh, Vaughn is gone, and uh, Dak is back, and we'll see what that means for the Broncos here this Sunday against the Cowboys. Th- thanks to Brandon McManus. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for my uh, to my wife for hanging in with me for the last 21 years. And no thanks to my kids for not saying happy birthday or happy anniversary. <laughs> I love you, kids. Sorry, uh, just having a little fun. Uh, thanks again for listening to Calissa's Mic Drop, and we'll do this again next week. Goodbye, everybody.